Here we go. Welcome to episode number 53 of the Coffee with Joffrey podcast. Very excited to get Helen Farmer on as a guest. Uh, we had a chat about real life barriers to getting fitter. Um, and I oft, often find, obviously, I get some really great health and fitness professionals on the show. Uh, and we kind of talk about the science behind getting fitter and diets and exercise, that type of stuff. Um, but sometimes I almost feel like there's that, uh, well, it's easy for you because, you know, you're in that industry. That's what you do for a living, that type of stuff. Um, so I wanted to get Helen on mainly just to get it from her point of view and you know share some of the things that have worked for her more recently for those that follow Helen um, she's a radio host on Dubai Eye um, on the afternoon show she also has a very popular blog Instagram uh, called The Mothership and she talks about you know being a mother in Dubai um, sharing lots of great tips and content uh, but she's been through her own transformation over the last couple of years in terms of you know having two children getting back into her exercise regime which I've actually followed um, but it was one of my listeners and one of the members of my program who actually said, hey, you should reach out to her and see if she would come on because it's very, it's an inspiring story. So I thought that'd be perfect. And obviously, like I said before, to get her kind of practical examples and, um, you know, perhaps some of the barriers that she came up against, maybe she can give you some, a little bit of inspiration if you're feeling a bit stuck at the moment, trying to get back into your health and fitness routine. So, you know, just a brief on what we kind of went through, background on her health and fitness, her, her transformation over the last two years, if, if you want to call it that. Um, some of the challenges that she faced, um, some of the challenges that she still faces now that you might be able to relate to. And probably more importantly, we, we spoke in depth about where do people start? You know, if you are feeling stuck, how do you get started on this journey? So it was really great to chat with Helen. Um, you're really going to like this one. It was great interviewing Helen because I listened to her almost every day weekdays on the radio interviewing other people so we joked about if if we do get halfway through and she starts interviewing me interviewing me she did apologize for that um, before we get into that just want to introduce the slacker tracker by movement wins so this is our new program that we've released and this is more for people who are just struggling to stay consistent with their training. You know, perhaps you're someone who's just sick and tired of starting an exercise regime, signing up for a gym membership, uh, doing classes, signing up for, uh, you know, diets and things like that. And then you just end up knocking it. And uh, after three or four weeks, you just get rid of it. You're sick of it. Maybe it's a little bit over restrictive and you just end up doing nothing before the next wave of motivation comes along. So the slacker tracker is for you a chance to take responsibility um it's a, it's a fitness tracker where we pull your data from your polars your fitbits your garmins um and we set you a calorie target a calorie target based on your exercise and that target is personalized to you it's based on you know how much time you have to exercise what are your goals where are you currently at what type of training are you doing and we give you a target based on what you can achieve. Um, and then what's great about having that calorie target is nothing specific in terms of the types of training that you're doing. It's just keeping it at the very base level of keeping active, staying healthy. So if you plan on getting to the gym three days this week, but something comes up in between and uh, you can't make one of those workouts, normally what would happen is that workout just wouldn't happen. Um, with the slacker tracker, because you know you have that accountability and that target to hit, hey, instead of going to the gym, you might end up just going for a run or going for a long walk, or you might have the motivation to go and slot that workout in somewhere else. Maybe you've got an apartment gym or something else you can do. So found it very, very, um, it's been great for myself. Like I said, some days I can't, you know, my life's a little bit busy now. I can't necessarily make the gym do the session that I planned, but it's always on my mind that I can hit that target. So if you're interested in joining that, um, we have a two-week free trial. 
I'll, cl- I'll link it in the show notes so you can see that. Um, but if, like I said, if you're someone who's kind of just lacking motivation, maybe together with this podcast might be a great way of getting you started. Anyway, I'm not going to bore you anymore. Enjoy the show. Don't forget to subscribe, uh, like, comment, and share it. It is really helpful for me. Um, the show is growing, and I do want to continue to do it. So that'd be very helpful. Anyway, here we go. Okay, here we go. Helen, welcome to the show. Morning, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Helen, thank you so much for taking the time today to have a chat. Um, I was actually, I reached out to some of my members and some of the people that listen to the podcast and asked who they would like to hear. And your name came up a couple of times and I thought, you know, that would be brilliant for you to, to come <laughs> no on. Pressure. I think from what they were talking about, and this is obviously what we're going to get into detail on today, you know, you know, your journey over the last couple of years has really resonated with them in terms of, you know, these people are living in Dubai, living busy lifestyles with families, jobs, that type of stuff. Um, so it's going to be very surreal for me today interviewing you because I hear you introducing and interviewing people on the radio on the day-to-day um, basis. Massive apologies if we do end up switching roles and you find yourself being interviewed and analysed at some point during the podcast. <laughs> I Perfect. can't help it. That's okay. All right. So before we get started then, um, obviously... A lot of people who listen to Dubai Eye, who follow you on social media, will know who you are. But for people perhaps like in the UK place like that, would you mind just introducing yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, my name's Helen Farmer, formerly Spearman. Um, I've been in Dubai for about 13 and a half years now. So I moved over when I was in my kind of early mid-20s and worked then in publishing and then got into magazines and then because I did broadcasting at university started doing more and more radio almost as a guest so I was going on as like the editor of a magazine talking about what was happening out and about um, and then started doing more and more radio so now I have the afternoon show on Dubai Eye which is weekdays two till five uh, where we cover off all sorts of different things parenting business uh, lots of film and food and you know about just about life in the UAE really and lots of community chat and hearing people's stories which I which I really really enjoy which is why I think uh we always like to hear that personal side which is why I think your podcast is uh you know resonates with so many people so on the personal side I've been with my husband we just had our 10-year first date anniversary so we we met on a blind date so funny story as well we were supposed to do this one last week on Monday we had to reschedule that was my first wedding anniversary on the Monday. So it's it lovely. Oh, congratulations to you. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, I think people talk about meeting people in Dubai is really hard, but Dubai has been really, really good to me in terms of both career and both personal life. And I mean, sorry, I've got two dogs. So you might get a little <laughs> extra guest today. Okay. This is Lucy. Um, and I've got two kids. I've got two daughters, um, Phoebe, who's five, and Tabitha, who is, well, they're like five and a half and three and a half. So they're both at gymnastics camp this morning. Um, Loretta, who's just walked past, Loretta's been with us uh, since just before I had Phoebe, actually, and she's a big part of the reason I can go to work and find time for the gym and, you know, get the headspace and the confidence to to, to get some, some kind of semblance of balance, if that yeah. makes sense. So I guess when you think, think about social media, I started writing about parenthood about six months after my first daughter was born. And that was really to address the fact there was a bit of a gap um, in that market in the sense that there was a lot of women talking about like the really glamorous side to Dubai and, you know, my children do this and we pay for that. And, you know, my children wear, you know, 5,000 dirham baby Dior dresses. And I'm like, where's the mother care? <laughs> you know? um, and 
so I started the blog called The Mothership, which, re- in honesty, I've always been a writer, so it was always a way of me dealing with the weirdness and the newness of being a mum and, and making sense of it, but thankfully seemed to, you know, get a bit of an understanding and kind of find my people who are also having similar experiences, whether they were working or, you know, busy at home with their families, who were just looking for really tried and trusted recommendations, whether that was services or products or people. And now I guess I have a bit of a portfolio career in that I'm you know on the radio pretty much every day. But I do a lot of blogging and event hosting. Well, used to. <laughs> not not recently. Um, you know, more like webinar hosting now and try and keep it all in the air with two kids and two dogs. Yeah, perfect. So, I think um, busy. just knowing your social media as well, following you, um, we've actually spoke about this in the last probably three or four shows that's come up as a topic, social media. We're not going to go down that route today. Uh, I think it's great, like the, the way that you just package it then that you're trying to give like your real life. I know that you do a lot of things, you know, when you post pictures and you say, you know, I don't necessarily want to post this, but I think it's important for people to see and, and those types yeah. of things as well. So, And the same with collaborations and things. Sorry, Lisa, I'm going to put you down. Um, so with you know collaborations I get approached by an awful lot of brands to to work together and I probably do turn down a good 90-95% because I only want to work with companies that I feel like would make sense for my followers or that they will gain something out of it and you know that you'd be amazed at the number of people the number of companies that want to send free things and you know and I just feel like at the minute let's just yeah. calm it down a bit you know so um yeah, I always kind of joke that I'm too tired to be anything but honest, but that is the truth. I don't drink coffee. Unfortunately, coffee. <laughs> I wish I did. Today, so. <laughs> I have it. <laughs> so. Let's take it back to or a little bit more of a background on your health and fitness journey. Mm. You know, from my understanding, and I referenced this just before we went on the call in terms of, I know you train at F45. You had like quite a recent almost transformation over the last couple of years. What's the kind of background on your health and fitness? Well, I was pretty sporty at school, did a lot of netball, did a lot of hockey, skiing, all that kind of stuff. And then, did the, and then I had a knee injury when I was about 14. Unless I was able to be sporty around that, but I don't know. I think it's quite a common story that people go to university and they're used to being, I was county netball, you know, swim team, blah, blah, blah. Get to university and suddenly everybody's really good. And you kind of go, oh, I'm just not going to do that anymore and I didn't um so put on quite a lot of weight at university through the usual socializing yeah. pasta bakes all that kind of stuff um and then kind of really got got um when I got working and into a good routine after university things massively sorted themselves out I was exercising more regularly I was um just eating more sensibly you know drinking less um and I lost about stone and then moved to Bahrain with my family and then moved to Dubai a few months after that and then you know what Dubai is like I was working for a magazine where I was reviewing restaurants which you know is a nice job sounds amazing <laughs> but, but problematic on the waistline front um but I think a lot of women will understand the, the baby weight gain is very very real like I put on about 24 kilos with each of my girls and I didn't lose all of that weight in between um and then also, you never really know if you're going to have another baby. You know, I was kind of like, oh, well, should I really like hardcore it only just to put it all on again? Um, and I probably should have done in retrospect, but that weight just stayed on mostly. 
Um, and then it was only, yeah, as you say, about two years ago when my first daughter was about one and just thought this is, I'm lucky enough to have a flexible lifestyle where I'm not having to get up at six o'clock in the morning to go to work and be at work 12 hours. You know, I'm lucky to have Loretta and a supportive husband. I can work in a pretty efficient way to actually do something and stop making excuses. So because I've always enjoyed sport, um, it's just been a case of finding something that fits. And over the years, I've done a lot. I did um, Flywheel, which is now sadly closed. I really loved Flywheel and seen some trainers. I do have some issues with personal trainers though. Okay. <laughs> I find it very um, conversationally awkward. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, I feel like, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I feel like, I find, um, you know, I, I, I moved from the UK seven and a half years ago to Dubai to be a personal trainer. I started off with Fitness First, you know, came up right from the very beginning of where I think a lot of people do come through in Dubai. Um, you know, personal training isn't a thing. Like I'm from Cornwall in the UK, like personal training isn't even a thing there so to come here. And I mean, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much. Like I am a personal trainer. I do have some clients, but I don't do anywhere near as much as I did before. And I mm. definitely feel like there's this massive gap where people go, I want to get fit and healthy. I'm going to go and get a personal trainer when there's all these other things in between. That I agree. Cost a lot less. And be more I, might, I might suit you and your personality a lot more and I, I think I think for personal trainers there is a huge number of people that where that really does work to go to someone you know three times a week where you have that dedicated time and you've got some especially if you're doing rehab and I am seeing Keith and Mali Farrell from the physical training company about rehab around my ongoing knee issue but for me it's not it's not um the spend versus success is, doesn't make sense to me. And because, as I said, I'm used to talking to people for a living. Thought of being with someone in the gym for an hour and I'm like, so uh, tell me about your mother. Like, like why, are you about to, why are we talking? Um, but I think for me, like, my biggest advice would be for people to find something that does work for them. And that could be absolutely anything. Um, and for me, F45 was, it opened and I was like, hmm what's that place? And saw lots of really, really fit looking people going in and out and thought, that's not for me. That's, yes. that's not my, this is, this is one of the first barriers as well, right? That we'll, that we'll get into on this one is, you know, actually just that initial process and getting into somewhere and saying, that's not for me because I'm not good enough for that yet. When in reality, listen, I've been, a, I'm still a CrossFit coach now. CrossFit had a, has a very similar vibe to what F45 does in terms of it's like mm -hmm. a group community class functional yeah scalable functional movements you know coaches are there to coach not to do the workout with you um mm -hmm. so i definitely get that and you often find like you've gone through that process of f45 and it'd be the same with a crossfit gym if you can get someone in through the door and you can give them a you know a good enough a nice enough experience that they experience. go you know, i actually enjoyed that that's normally the the key then and often it's not just about the exercise, as you say, it's about that community feel, it's about feeling welcomed and feeling valued and feeling listened to. Um, and I, for me, it's, it's, yes, exercise is fantastic and I, I do actually feel great after it most of the time. But it is that often that feeling of connection that people do get out of going to classes. So with it being, when I say around the corner, it's literally a two minute walk from my house. And I sent them a message on Instagram when it first opened and said, hi, you know, what's it all about? You know, I weigh blah, blah, blah. I haven't worked out since having my first baby. And they were like, come in, come in, come in. And it took me a full year to actually go through the door. Yeah. Um, and I'd lost by that point about 
20 kilos probably through walking and ex and um and diet and walking through those doors they just could not have been nicer they really got it and because everything could be modified they they were really good on messages saying come on a monday and a wednesday which are weights classes like the cardio is probably a bit you know full on for your first few sessions come on this day you know so and so will meet you at the door you know we'll we'll talk you through everything and it was just a really positive experience from the beginning, to be honest. But I, that's not me saying F45 is for everybody because it absolutely isn't. You yeah, just need to try different things to find what fits. But the trying is often the hardest bit, as you say, getting through the door. Well, I think you've nailed two points there on why F45 might work for you. One is next door to your house. Like, well, that's probably one of the biggest barriers to exercise. You know, absolutely. To somewhere to go and do it is a big one. Can you park there? All those little things that you don't think about. Definitely. And um, the, the, the parking and timing. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a six o'clock, seven o'clock, there's an eight o'clock, there's nine o'clock, you know, all of these different times. So I could go, if I wake up early, I might be able to squeeze in a six o'clock or I'll book seven o'clock this week. Or if the kids have got drop off, I can race back from school and make it to the 8.45. You know, there's so many different options. But I am the queen of self-justification. I can be like... <laughs> If I'm tired, then it's probably not safe to exercise. So I might drop something on my foot. Or surely sleep is more important right now. Or I really should spend more time with the girls this morning. Maybe I'll just cancel that. Um, and that still happens. Of course it does. I thought about it this morning. But um, when you start to see results and you start to look forward to seeing the same people, then it all, it all the momentum gain, gathers, I guess. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you was about Obviously, we're going to go over like your biggest challenges, you know, just some things that stick out for you, particularly mm -hmm. you know, being a parent, having a job, all those types of things. But also, what challenges do you still face now? Because I feel like people have this, um, you know, picture of, you know, especially trainers and coaches, are oh, exercise is easy for them. But I still do that as well. Wake up in the morning and go, I don't really bothered. Like it today. So you still face those challenges as well. Of course, of course. And, you know, just when you are getting into momentum, then lockdown happens, right? Yeah. And I was doing maybe three or four classes a week at F45, maybe a yoga session, maybe some kind of swim. And then lockdown kicks in and all of your anchors, all of your routines are taken away from you. And that's really challenging because you, you're looking around the world being like, well, they are doing this home workout and they are just on the sofa when they're calling it self-care. And what do I want to do? You know, where's my comfort? What's my... What do I want to achieve? And we were really lucky in Dubai and that the weather was actually quite nice when it, when it kind of kicked in, in in March time. So we're lucky enough to have a little garden just here. And the yoga mat came out and F45 started doing some Zoom sessions um, a couple of times a day, morning session and evening session where you didn't need any, any equipment. It was all body weight stuff. So I did, was doing a few of those. I spoke to... To Keith and he sent me a few workouts from his place in Dublin and then the joys of the internet right started going oh I quite like that on Instagram oh maybe I could try doing that oh I'll buy a kettlebell and you find a different groove but again it's not easy to do that yeah it was it was actually just great over well it wasn't great the situation but just seeing how the fitness industry responded to that as well and I don't just mean coaches I mean people who go and do fitness as well people rather than just lying down and going, I can't do anything anymore. I actually saw the opposite with a lot of my members. Our training, because I track weekly training through calories, that type of stuff. And I actually saw that training went up. 
And you, you think about what actually, I did. the barrier of time went away because we had time to do it then. The barrier yeah. of not having a facility or having equipment wasn't there anymore, but we just went, do you know what? We can do something. And so many people... And then you've got people being like, I'm I can shower in my own bathroom or I can stick the kids in front of something for half an hour and I can do it. But it's not an easy thing to start. And that, the number of messages I get from people saying, I don't know where to start. I don't know. I don't want to be the biggest, the weakest in the gym and how do I get over the mantle thing and I was like we might just need to do that because I for the longest time was the biggest and the weakest in the gym um I do notice you just mentioned this before but you know you're always plugging in terms of because obviously that's where you train and encouraging people to come down and do taster sessions with you and different times and stuff that's because you know how important it was and how frightened you were of going and doing the first class yeah. I had a woman message me last night saying I'm going to F45 in Abu Dhabi. What do I need to know before I go? I'm so scared. And I was like, okay, well, you're going on a Monday, so that's great. Tell them that you're scared. Yeah. Tell them that they're there. It's like, they, it's in their interest for you to have a good experience, to have a soft landing, and for you to be able to build and build and build on that. And as I said, everything can be modified. You know, you, you look at the, like, the black half of and be like, oh, no, that's not for me. But there's always something you can do. But I do think gym anxiety is very, very real for a lot of people. I think whether that's getting into exercise for the first time or getting into exercise after an injury or having a baby, um, to think that's something that other people do. That's not for me. And I, I still not sure how to change that mindset in a lot of people, because I can always be like, no, you should, you should. And they're like, no, I'm all right. Thanks. I'm just not going to do that. So I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Just interested to know, like, not necessarily think written down, but did you have, when you did first initially make that step to go in and get into the gym and make those changes, did you have, you know, a vision in mind that you were, you were trying to get to, you know, like we <laughs> talk about hotspots and, you know, what is the why and that type of stuff, which is very relevant, but it's just, it is, yeah. you know, whether it's come from your side, someone who's done. Um, I, I, do you know, what? I'm, this sounds like a strange thing to say. I'm not a particularly kind of ambitious person and in the sense that I don't tie my happiness to achieving goals and that's professional and, and, and personal. I'm very generally just a pretty content person, but I just wanted to feel physically stronger um, and obviously lose weight, but be healthy for my kids. And now that I feel like I'm in a position where I'm at, you know, BMI wise, a healthy weight and I can, you know, do most of the stuff like pull up still elude me um, that I want to do. Now I'm starting to put some goals in place that I, you know, I really, I cannot, I can't run. I am shockingly bad at running. So if I can maybe try and do a 5k in the next, and I did, you know, I did the, you know, I've done some, I ran 5k around my garden during lockdown. Wow. If I could do like a 5k race, that was 76 laps of my house, by the way, just for context, <laughs> it was dizzying. Um, but if I could do like a 5k race, like the color run or some, something like that, I'd be thrilled. If I could do the 10k in January, I think my head would fall off because I would love to be the kind of person that is just like, all right, you should we do a 10k at the weekend? All right, let's just go. And that's just never been me. You know what? And then funny that you've said so many people, like so many people I chat to on a day to day basis have those little goals of like, I just want to be the person who just rocks up and does a 5k or a 10k. Mm -hmm. And they don't necessarily realize that. And when, when you first start speaking to them, and I'm sure you were the same to begin with, you know, a weight loss goal, which is fine. It's good to have that. But now you're in the mindset where you're like, right, I want to get a pull up. I want to run the 10K. I want to do these types of things. This is when fitness actually gets more exciting 
and it gets I less, think so too you know it gets less um, stressful on yourself and you start working towards bigger goals than just a weight loss goal that your weight could change from one day to the next with fluctuations with you know holidays and those types of things but building towards a pull-up 10k races they're they're great goals mm-hmm. to have there's also talk about Everest Base Camp next year, if oh, I can... I'm so jealous. I'd love Why to. not? Come and do it with us. That'd be amazing. I've got a few... Like April, few May time. Later on. Later Have you, what's on your list? Um, well, my wife's not too happy about it, but I want to row the Atlantic one day in a, wow. team, in a team of three or four, which takes a lot more preparation and uh, a lot more money. How do you... Yeah, I was about to say, there's cash. And then also, the how can you prep for that in Dubai? <laughs> <laughs> the logistics not, not too easily a lot of indoor rowing <laughs> but, but i think i think you're right it starts to get a bit more fun and you start doing stuff that you actually want to do rather than be like got to go to the gym i've got to grind it out i've got to burn x number of calories to have a deficit today da, da, da. so at the minute i literally as i said i'm not a kind of a big girl person but last night because the long weekend was a bit more uh, social than it probably should have been yeah. i was like right I'm going to be I'm going to be dry for the next two weeks. I'm going to do four workouts a week, and that'll be two F45s, one PT with Keith, and one yoga. And that's for now. I think people are probably thinking, "Who's Keith?" Keith was actually on the podcast. Uh, Keith has been a guest of yours as well. Yeah, he and that's how I obviously got through to you as well. So thanks for that, Keith. Um, but Keith's great. <laughs> obviously, I'm trying to remember what podcast it was, but he did all about injury management and parasympathetic versus sympathetic nervous system, and that's what you're going through him for now with your knee, right? Yeah, big time, big time. He's a he's a big pain nerd, um, and I think I do think having some levels of information is really helpful because you start to understand why your body and your brain respond in certain ways. And ignorance, yes, can be blissful sometimes, but for me, I like to understand the processes of like why why are we doing this? Why are you telling me to reverse lunge? You know back and forth and back and forth but like doing a lunge for example that was a really big thing for me for ages because I just couldn't do it because I felt like once I got to a certain depth that my you know pain would take over and that was something in fact it was in the in I saw it because F45 doesn't have mirrors that makes sense so it's a bit strange um but it was only um going into the, his studio a few weeks ago and I was like oh I can do a lunge god this is let's quick take a photo before I collapse onto the floor so I think through through losing weight I have put some nice kind of my, my uh, things going off my uh, whatsapp um I think it's been it's been great to have these things like I you know I was always too heavy to do a skydive and I did that in December I got uh, I don't want to say bullied but um pressured into doing tough mudder in November and that is something I never ever ever thought I was going to do ever never mind signing up never mind getting around it it was just not and it was the 10k tough mudder so I you know I have done that but I am immensely proud of myself for doing that I wear the t-shirt more than I probably should (laughs) yeah so you should um (laughs) so let's let's bring us back around a little bit to Let's take you back to before lockdown, before this craziness happened, because I know you've had to adjust and make changes then, but what did, what did fitness look like for you then? And what things did you have in place for, if there's someone who's similar to yourself, as a lifestyle, family, social life, that type of stuff, who is looking for you know, just little tips and tricks to help keep them on track, keep them accountable to health and fitness, what sort of stuff have you put in place? Are you, are you big on accountability? Do you literally have, you know, the coaches at F45 waiting for you to come in and telling you if you've not come in, that type of stuff? 
Well, bear in mind, if you, if you kind of bail on three classes and you can't book another class. So you have like a, there's like a 12 hour cancellation policy. And if you don't hit that three times in a row, then. You wouldn't know about that though, right? They've just told you about that. <laughs> has been known over the last year. Um, but I really hate the phrase self-care. I think it's gross. But um, I've started to realise that exercise isn't punishment. And that has been a big shift for me. And I think every busy parent, mum or dad, can understand that your identity changes so much when you become a parent. And I would say, especially as a mum, if you know you've carried a baby and you've breastfed and trying to reclaim your body, uh, both in terms of weight, but in terms of function and, and understanding that it's your body, it's not their body anymore um has uh, been a bit of a, a bit of a sea change as well but now i look forward to doing something you know to have that feeling of connection because i feel like i lost connection with my body for a long time and and i didn't quite i felt like it was body and brain i didn't feel like it was coming together whereas now i listen to my body a lot more both in terms of digestion and hormones and pains and I'll wake up and be like, actually, I'm feeling quite energetic. Say, so let's do, so let's do this. Whereas that would never have crossed my mind before. So, I think starting slowly for anybody is really, really important. And I was doing a lot of Yin Yoga, um, which hugely helped me because feeling a bit stronger, feeling a bit more connected to my body, and spending time an hour a week where there was no distractions. I didn't have my phone. I didn't have the kids. And it was actually during one of those sessions where I thought, actually, I need to make a serious change, that this is um, not sustainable. Um, and that was because I'd allowed myself the headspace to actually do that. And I think especially now, you know, I was going to say post-lockdown, but it's really kind of mid-pandemic. We're all so quick to distract ourselves. Um, and I'm definitely guilty of that. If I'm feeling uncomfortable at something or something's not sitting well, or I've had some bad news, I very rarely sit and go how am I actually feeling about this I'm much more likely to scroll on Instagram or put a podcast on or you know watch some garbage on Netflix rather than actually thinking what how do I feel about this and ask myself the questions not necessarily to deal with it but to certainly acknowledge it does that make sense yeah definitely and just the fact that you you pointed out that you started off before you went in and started doing all this high intensity training and you just mapped out some time in your week that you would go in and do something for yourself and just... Yeah, I could walk on the beach track and yoga, that was it. And contrary to what people believe, like people always think that they need to work as hard as they can on that first session or that a trainer's going to shout that shout at them. And, you know, when no. you go to a first session, whether it's a training session or a CrossFit session or, you know, a group exercise session, I'm like, is this the first time you've exercised in a little while? Yeah, it is. Okay. Right. I want you to just relax. Like, I want you to do a little bit less than what you think your maximum yeah. is. And like, Go at 60%. Yeah. And it's, I'm almost leading around this landmine field where I'm going, like, if you go all in here, you're going to get straight on this landmine and you're going to end up back at the start. We're going to navigate. Exactly. One, you know, and that, that's why coaches and trainers are great for that, right? They've got the experience to be able to push people in the right places say, yeah, right, this is where you need to push on a little bit. Here's where you might need to tidy up your diet a little bit. Here's where you might need mm -hmm. to do a little bit more strength training. But then obviously they can avoid these, these landmines as well. And I think an awful lot of people, and myself included, now even, um, are in quite a lot of denial about, you know, 
eating, drinking activity. And I know you're wearing a Apple Watch as well. Um, so in terms of accountability, yes, you know, their 45 app or Keith being like, I'll see you tomorrow at 7am or being sent a Zoom link for a yoga session all helped. But I do quite like a little bit of data as well. Helen, I'm I, mean, gonna, I don't think I'm alone in that. I'm going to add you to my slacker tracker. That's what I use to keep No! <laughs> that will give you data and accountability at its best. <laughs> no, not too much. As long as I'm, as long as I'm closing the rings. Yeah. I'm, you know, but silly things like that, but being more, I, mean, I know this isn't track sleep, um, which is probably a good thing for me, but even in terms of resting heart rate, you know, being able to notice that coming down over the last year, mine's not, well, I don't know what I'm at now. 55 or something but it's not bad and yeah. I, I, I'd be able to see that come down as well as seeing weight come down or even weight you know yeah. up and down I think it is useful my husband's a big kind of data guy as well so he's tracking all of his push-ups and everything that he does um, and that's not to say I'm like nerding out over the numbers but there is a certain satisfaction in getting to the end of the day and being like all right my watch approves of me. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really interesting what you said about, obviously, I had a busy Eid weekend as well. I think I was hungover for two days. Like, <laughs> and just, it's always like a terrible start to the week, but I feel good now. Um, but do you find that you're in a position now where, I always talk about this like on-off switch to health and fitness, where like you're in, you can get in this standby mode and you're quite content with, yeah, you might exercise three or four times that week. Maybe you only do it go twice, maybe you go five times, but you know that it's happening. And then you can yeah. once the motivation gets higher, maybe holiday coming up or you know something you can just make base that camp. yeah base <laughs> camp. you can just make that switch but you know that you're not going to go back to that switch being off you're just going to get back into what you consider your standby mode that is exactly where i'm at right now and i think i'm on the cusp of standby slash taking a bit more action and that's because much like you i had a few dinners out a few too many you know all sorts um, and I just need a bit of a, a kick up the bum. But now I'm in a position to give myself a kick up the bum rather than re- relying on someone else. Yeah. Say, you know, you need to motivate me. I was like, no, I can motivate myself. Like I know what I need to do. And that's the thing. We all know what we all know what we need to do. Yeah. The information is out there. The experts are out there. It's it's being in a position to accept that help or be the one to take that first step will take action. But yeah, I, I am definitely in kind of like a standby mode now. I'm, my diet's like fine. Yeah. You know, if I went, if I wanted to lose another like four or five kilo, I'm probably five kilos. I, I probably could stand to do that. Um, but am I going to make myself miserable to do that? Am I going to sacrifice more time with my children to do that? Am I going to let it dictate my life? No, because I'm feeling healthy. Um, I'm much more active than I have been, you know, overall in life. So I'm pretty cool with it, to be honest. Yeah, I think you've absolutely nailed it there. And like people who listen to this podcast will know that's like one of the things I talk about as well. Like it's okay saying that you want to lose X amount of weight or six pack or this, that or the other. But like, what does it mean in terms of the rest of your life? And I always talk about Mm. like, I've been doing this for 12, 13 years now. Like I know how to get to less than 10% body fat, those types of things. Do I want to? Not important. Yeah, at what price? I want to go out and have a beer with my friends at the weekend. You know, I want to yeah. eat some peanut M&Ms on the sofa. Like, all those little things. Like, they seem so small, but, you know, without them, you can lead to a position where you're not necessarily happy then. Oh, yeah, not really enjoying. And you're kind of going, well, yeah, I can wear these jeans, but 
I've actually been pretty miserable for last month and what's been the point in that and also I've got to be very aware of the example I'm setting to my children as well you know that's something I'm really conscious of um in terms of or I've got two quite picky eaters much like I mean I think everyone really does but I want them to you know see me eating things you know trying new foods or making healthy choices but also being like oh should we have this for you know should we share some ice cream because I don't want them falling into the same traps that I certainly did for a long time about good food and bad food and um, very, you know, emotional eating, yeah. you know, and I think it's a very social media, uh, you know, it's a bit of a slippery slope, especially when it comes to girls and, and young women. And I'm really trying my best to create a, a bit of balance around food for them, really. Uh, like I said at the start, I think you're doing a great job of that. Um, oh, thank you. Right, I just wanted one last point before we wrap it up. And it's kind of just like a general one of a lot of what we spoke about already, but what does health and fitness mean to you now in terms of just thinking back on your journey? I know we've kind of just talked about that standby mode, but what does it mean to you now? I'm going to do like a word association game. Um, what does it mean to me now? Um, it means, uh, it mean, uh, do you know what? It, it actually just means health overall. It means balance, feeling good, feeling capable and feeling strong. And that's it, really. That, you just that. that was a great one. <laughs> and be able to go to Zara and buy a size medium. Doesn't we, hurt. <laughs> made it relevant now as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's important to keep having these conversations and hearing from a number of different people who are living life through their own lens and through their own cultures and busyness levels and, you know, all the different factors that we're navigating here in Dubai because it's a very easy place to get caught up in work and social, or even just like work, gym, social, work, gym, social. I think being able to try new things and meet new people is always going to lead to a richer experience. So we just need to be open to that, I guess. Oh, that's brilliant. Helen, thank you very much for, we're going to wrap it up there. Thanks very much for taking the time again. And thanks for letting me interview you because you did, <laughs> cool. you did well. I've got one question in there. Thanks, Jeff. Really appreciate it. All the best. Thanks.